Please pray with me. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. For you are the good shepherd who loves us, died for us, and knows us each by name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I am, as your program tells you, David Ferrand, a member of Calvary Church since 1973. And I'm pleased to be here on this third Sunday of Easter, what is better known as Good Shepherd Sunday, to help launch the public campaign for the Calvary Center at Good Shepherd Academy in Cameroon, West Africa. The reading of the Good Shepherd story comes after the dramatic, tumultuous, miraculous events of Easter. Today we've clearly shifted gears from the macro from the view at 30,000 feet, or maybe even higher than that, to ground level. This morning's gospel is all about the rest of us, the metaphor being that we are regular sheep and Jesus is the shepherd. This may come as a welcome relief, but the story seems to me to be at the level where each of us can identify or grasp, or even imagine and claim where we fit into the story of God's love for us. We know his voice, he knows our name, each of us. Surely the church at large spends plenty of time on the big picture. And I'm not here to dispute the importance of passages like John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I would like to suggest that each of us need to spend some more time on what that actually means to us individually. And I would like to tell you a little bit about how all of this came to me. For a reference, think of Tom Wolfe's novel, The Bonfire of the Vanities, published in 1987. It tells the story of a cohort of people in the last half of the 20th century. People such as investment banker Sherman McCoy, who lives in a 14-room apartment high above Fifth Park Avenue in New York City. Wolf coins a phrase that would live on, masters of the universe. Those who, while privileged, considered themselves smarter than most and maybe even invincible. Even I, in Albany, New York, in the 1960s and 70s, probably had something of a master of the universe attitude. Four of us convinced that our, well, actually not so manifest destiny, uh, founded a securities firm to do a better job at the bond market than the big sclerotic investment banks in New York City, which then had branch offices in places like Albany, New York. We prospered for two years, and then President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard, and our world plummeted. Red ink abounded. We were going down. And let me stop there, and at 7.45 I went off script, and I think I need to do it here. There are probably lots of reasons beyond going off the gold standard that caused our problems. But nevertheless, we were going down. Master of the universe indeed. I remember standing in the front yard of our little house one evening looking at a Japanese maple tree that I dearly loved and realizing that we were gonna lose it all. The business, the house, the car, everything. And suddenly, 
in the midst of all this anxiety, I got this feeling of calm, a feeling, not a spoken word, not from a burning bush, but a feeling that God loved me and that I was going to be okay. The next week, a large firm appeared with a buyout offer, which solved our immediate problem and brought me to New Jersey. It really did turn out okay. The gift was not that God had suddenly become an investment banker with a mergers and acquisition specialty. The gift was God's love and God's calm. The Reverend Susan Stiles, vicar of the Church of the Holy Spirit in Charlestown, Rhode Island, which as some of you may know is where Tyler and I spend the summer, once said in a sermon, the question is not about whether God loves you. That is settled. You read it every Sunday in the lessons. You recite it in the creed. You even hear me preach about it. God loves you. The real question is, what are you gonna do about it? My answer is to share it or to represent God's love. There are many, many ways to do that, some big picture programs and some smaller. On Palm Sunday, Ken and Chuck Robertson talked about just being with somebody going through a tough time. Today's call is to support Good Shepherd Academy and is clearly bigger than smaller. At its core, we're being called in a particular way to share God's love with God's children who happen to be an ocean away, but who share the same promise as all of us. The story of our connection to GSA is simple, but at the same time, almost miraculous. Nearly 20 years ago, Calvary Church had an interim assistant rector named Elizabeth Geitz. At the convent of St. John Baptist in Mendham, Elizabeth met Sister Jane Manka, an Anglican nun from Cameroon. At that time in Cameroon, there were thousands, I mean thousands of orphans left in the wake of the AIDS pandemic. Little babies abandoned in the bush. Sister Jane was determined to help and enlisted support from Calvary Church as well as other area churches as she founded an orphanage. Many of our members came on board. Dear Lillian, there you are, Lillian even went to Cameroon. The Good Shepherd Home now provides care, food, shelter, clothing, security, and most of all, love to more than 150 children. But the story goes on. In Cameroon, mandatory education ends at grade five. Nowhere is that an, ed an adequate education. Between five and six children out of 100 go on somehow beyond the fifth grade. In response to this, Sister Jane founded the Good Shepherd Academy, which has already begun operations with two grades and will add grades each year going forward. The goal is to produce successful college-ready students for the 21st century. Continuing Calvary's history of reaching beyond our walls to support outreach efforts, such as the resettlement of refugees, Apostles House, St. Philip's Academy in Newark, and others, 
we have undertaken the challenge, indeed the call, to fund the construction of the Calvary Center at Good Shepherd Academy. This building will be a multi-purpose space serving the, as the Academy's refectory, worship space, meeting hall, and performance center. The total cost will be $200,000. We have already raised and sent to Cameroon $85,000, so you can do the math, we have 115,000 to go. Now the building is up, roofed, but not finished. There's, the internals are, are not completed. And by the way, they, they actually baked the bricks on the ground. And how they do it for $200,000 is a mystery, but stay tuned. The gift of education has been described as the most efficient form of compassion. For if your concern is hunger or homelessness, disease, unemployment, violence, or most any of society's other ills, education and love are the answer. Another way to look at this mission is to return to economics. Think of the, of the multiplier effect on society. If you help educate 100 kids and they as, adult, as adults live lives and touch another 100, the numbers get pretty exciting. Further, we have a track record with Sister Jane. I had the privilege of bringing her to meet Miguel Brito, head of St. Philip's Academy in Newark, now Phillips Academy Charter School. And that was an amazing experience. Let me tell you, this serene, determined, faithful woman will get it done. Sister Jane is an instrument of God's love. You can learn more about this exciting mission by going to www.imaginingtomorrow.org. And I love that title. There's so many things that are not in my script. That last line was one of them. Um, please join in this opportunity for Calvarians of all ages to represent God's love for, with your support for Sister Jane and the children of Good Shepherd Academy. Amen. <laughs>